Good morning, everybody, again, and welcome to our weekly Tanya class. Monday morning, starting the week with the dose of Hasidus. Today, special day on the American calendar, Memorial Day. And we are going to learn together and continue our discussion about um, how to master up our behavior. And we will see how time allows, but maybe we will be able also to conclude chapter 25 today. That's, uh, I think that's my goal. And let's see if we could get to it. Conclude the whole topic, conclude the whole thing together and be ready to jump to the next section. So we will be um, on page 108, 109. And we are in the middle of the chapter, of the middle of the, sorry, actually 110, 111, if you have the book. If you don't have the book, you could find it in the middle of the portion for the 18th of, the, of Shabbat. And it's going to be in um, the word, Vechol Sheken, in the third line from the, from the beginning, in the Hebrew, and in English, the second paragraph at page 110. So what are we talking about here? What we started to, to what, what, what did we do last week? So last week, we kind of um, took everything that we learned up until chapter 25, and we kind of sum it up into very practical applications, right? We learned how every Jew, man, woman, and child no matter their level of affiliation and observance and knowledge, have this innate love inside of them, which allow them to sacrifice their lives, if need be, to, for, the, for the unity of Hashem, for being Jewish, for not being separated and severed from God. And we said, we spoke about it a lot, we said it's inherited from our forefathers, and it, it does not uh, um, it does not uh, it does not change by our level of observance or by level of knowledge or anything like that. This is something that we have as part of our DNA. Now, why why did we learn about it so much? Because we learned that if we will just know how to access this innate love in our day to day activity, that will give us the strength to do what's right and not do, and to not do what's wrong. So we spoke, the whole beginning of chapter 25, we spoke about how, how to use this to avoid doing something wrong, right? We, we said that if you remember that, if you, if you remember that you are ready to give your life for not being separated from God, you just have to remind yourself that every Avera, every sin, everything that we are doing out of order, this is something which is the core of the separation. So, if we are ready to sacrifice our lives, definitely, we definitely we we are um, we are ready. We will be ready to sacrifice our desire or to just say no. And therefore, Moses is saying in the Torah, this is something which is very close to you, very near to you, very relevant to you. 
Because at the end of the day, to just say no, it could be very easy when it's coming from the notion of understanding, remembering that you are ready to do whatever it takes to not be separated. You just have to remind yourself that this is unfortunately a separation. That was the beginning of chapter 25. But then last week we started to shift into the positive realm. How can we use this as a motivation to do more mitzvahs? Not only to not do what, what we're not supposed to do, but how can we use this notion to motivate ourselves to do what's right, to do more mitzvahs? So we, saw, we spoke about it last week. The Rebbe went into detail how, um, you know, a lot of times the, the Yetzirah is coming and telling us how Torah and mitzvahs is exhausting and how exhausted you are and how tired you are and how this is going to be so difficult. The Judaism is so difficult and there's so much to do. And it's, uh, you know, all these excuses. And as the Rebbe said, let's identify it a little bit. And we identify that it's coming from the element of earth in the animal soul. And says al Rebbe, if you just remember, if you just remember, if we just remember, again, that to you, to, to, to risk our lives, to gain our lives the way we are ready to, if need be. So if this, if, 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 if we are strong enough to give our life away, certainly we are strong enough to get out of bed. Certainly we get up, we, we, are, we are strong enough to get up in the morning and do what's right. Or to get, to get up in the middle of the day, to stop whatever, I, whatever it is we're doing and just say, I'm going now to focus half an hour and learning Torah. Or I'm going to call a friend to see how they're doing. Or this is going to give us the strength to write, up, to, to write a check to a charity. Whatever it is that our, the DH are always telling us, this is too difficult, you can't really do that. This is, this is, not, this is out of your uh, capacity. You're too tired, you're too... All these excuses could go away with the notion that you could do better. Now, what we, where we stop and where we're going to continue today is part of the conversation needs to be the importance and value of the mixed model. Because, yeah, to just say you could do it, you could do, you could do worse things, so definitely you could do that, it's not good enough. You can't convince yourself to go, I mean, you could, but you're not going to be, you're, you're not going to feel so good about going out of bed, knowing, oh, I'm going out of bed just because I know that, you know, to risk my life is going to be easier. That's not, that's, that's not exciting. We want to make mitzvahs exciting. So here, Al-Tarev is going to go and, and, and explain to us what is the value of one little mitzvah what we call trivial mitzvah. What is the value of every mitzvah? And why is it so worth it for you to pick yourself up, get up, get, get off your bed, get out, get, 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 stop with everything else that you're doing and stop and do a mitzvah and learn Torah. Why? Because the value is so great. The reward is so great. What you're doing is so exciting. And to just, you know, kind of um, shut off the, the, 
the you know the little voice inside of you telling you it's too it's too difficult and it's too tiring for that you need the notion that I'm ready to do more worse things than exhaust myself a little bit more than I would like to. So now we have to go to the more exciting part to see what is the value of the mitzvah that we're doing. Um, just before we continue, Ernest, go ahead. Maybe this other part will answer it. But um, so I was thinking about about our last class. So this is more pertaining to the last class and the recap that you just said. So for me, it actually works. It has been working to keep me uh, davening and doing everything that I'm doing and studying and not wasting a single moment of my day. Uh, that actual strategy that we talked about before about just kind of comparing and contrasting works for me. But I could also see how it wouldn't work for someone because, you know, when someone says, well, okay, dying is actually easier. Okay. So like when someone puts a gun to my head and is like, hey, don't worship Hashem. They could say, well, look, that's a serious situation. I am going to 100% say, sure, I will, I, will, I will die for Hashem because I may not get a chance to come back from this. The, but when, the, when it's like, you know, a cheeseburger or something, they'll be like, yeah, that's, that's easy. That's a little bit of another temptation. So for me, it's much easier to, to give in when it's like something smaller. The, the consequences are not as apparent, you know? And, right. I, and I, even if, I, even I if they this. try to compare it to, even if they try to compare it to like the, oh yeah, you're going to die. They'd be like, that, they're two totally different things. So they'll be like, whatever, you know? So, so I, I totally hear you. And there's a, a, a very famous uh, phrase said that to die on Kiddush Hashem, to die on the sanctification of Hashem, it's much, it's much easier than to live on, the, on Kiddush Hashem. To live on Kiddush Hashem is much harder. Um, it's true. It's true. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's it's not. It's not. Uh, it cannot. Could meaning it could demand more because at the end of the day, you know, one 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 could 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 uh, convince themselves that dying is only you know only hurts once. Um, but obviously, this is not a correct argument, and that should actually be an argument should be fought because this argument of Underestimating death is uh, it could be very um, dangerous, to say the least. Um, and I believe this argument actually also comes from the Yetzirah, meaning some point our Yetzirah, our animal soul, is you know getting smart, smart on us, and you know the soul already knows these things and, and and knows the techniques and everything. So this Yetzirah is starting to explain to you, is starting to convince you that it's much easier to die than to live. But this is 100% absolutely not true. And if you think about it just for a second, I think, I think this is uh, really requires a little more thinking. Think for yourself. Are you really... Are you really ready to die for a cheeseburger? If someone is ready to die for a cheeseburger, they should go and see it and see a psychologist because this is very dangerous. That could get very dangerous. If someone is ready to die for fulfilling their desire, they are not in a good place. No, I'm saying I'm saying, Rabbi, that 
when someone does a sin, right, like eating a cheeseburger or whatever, the that threat of death, of uh, being an immediate consequence, it's not it's not it's non-existent to them. So no, I, I understand that. And again, and, and God forbid, I did not when when I when I said that, I did not mean obviously what to to, to you or to what. what <laughs> no, you're no, just, I know. I'm just I'm not, I'm not putting. I'm saying I'm like just the trying to put things thing. into perspective, Ernest. Trying to put okay. things into perspective, and a lot of times when we yeah. say, "Okay, this, you know, this is something far," and 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 here we talk about you know immediate consequence of of you know of, of what's going to happen when I fulfill my desire. So that's why it requires thinking. Yeah, Adrema doesn't say that this is something which happens um, instantly. And this is not something that, that you know, just uh, uh, happens automatically. This is something which requires thinking. Requires that, it requires an, uh, um, understanding the notion that a cheese, eating a cheeseburger is, is a separation from God. And something that we don't want to do, there's something against the life of a Jew. It requires, uh, you know, obviously without understanding that, uh, um, we have to go back to square one. But given that we understand that this is a separation, this is something against life, because the life of a Jew is about connection to God. Doing something which is against, doing something which separates us from God is going against life. So so, so, someone could, so if someone is coming and trying to, to convince themselves that it's easier so to speak, to die once and, and not to be a constant a constant uh, um, war, a constant fight with the desires, I would say, I know it sounds nice. That's not really the case. Yeah, I agree with really you. I'm just, saying it, I'm just saying that, like, you know, it sounds nice. It sounds better to look at it in the other way because it's like it makes more sense. Like you can rationalize it more. You know, therefore you have to be. Therefore you have to be uh, um, vigilant, and you have to to know that the that the Yitzchakava is 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 could get smarter, and therefore you have to always be able to to believe in what you're doing and say no. I know that I am ready to do this, and if I'm ready to do this, it just requires a little bit of thinking, just requires a little bit of focus, and I will do it. Okay, right? I think I think I think the I think also that the next part will play play into right. it. Why yes, the, yes. to get excited about doing the mitzvahs? Because uh, you know, right now, like I said, it works for me. I'm just I'm just thinking about you know how most how how not most people, I guess, but some people would try to rationalize a way around it. You know, so I think okay. I think an excitement of mitzvahs would be another good addition. Like there needs to be a, a stacked level of reasoning, I suppose. To, to get people to say, okay, yeah, 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 I see where you're going with this. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so now we are, again, we are holding in page 110 in the English, 111 in the Hebrew. So in the Hebrew, it's going to be the third line from the top um, in the middle of the, of, the, of the portion for the 18th of Shabbat. And in English, it's going to be the second paragraph on, in page 110. Vekol Shekin, all the more much more, or based on continuing what we have learned, that this notion that you are ready inside of yourself, you are ready to risk your life, meaning 
the connection to God is important. It's part of who you are. Meaning risking your risking our life, not only a technical thing. Oh, you're risking your life, so, so do this. You understand the importance of this. Risking your life is not technical. Risking your life is understanding that I do better. I, this is something which is against me. This is against life. So if you understand this idea and you know and, and you see it clearly, it could lead you, as Al Rebbe said, it and it will lead every Jew to go against their um, against oppression and they will um and they will give over their lives. So certainly, says Al Rebbe, it will cause you to 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 lovingly and willingly accept upon yourself. To cleave to God forever. To cleave to God eternally. How do you cleave to God eternally? When you will fulfill his will. How do we fulfill the will of God? When we are serving God. When we are learning Torah. When we are doing the mitzvahs. We are serving God, we are fulfilling his will, his desire. What happens in a time of, 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 of doing mitzvahs, of learning Torah? We have learned already before. Then, when the time of you are doing a mitzvah, a great revelation of godliness is upon you. Because and we explain what is a revelation of God in concealed world that we live in. Revelation is a mitzvah. While a sin is a separation from God, concealing even more, a mitzvah is a channel to get to God, to connect to God, to cleave to God, to do what to do what God wants from us. Or by learning Torah. When we are literally having God's words enter our minds. So this is a connection in a very revealed way. And there basically you have God with you in a revealed way, not concealed at all. Now, and when you get to a point, if you are connected to God, there is no concealment. God's will is is, is is not concealed. God's will is very much revealed to you. As I then there is no separation whatsoever. You're getting excited about being connected, about being alive, about being who you are. You are Jewish. You have the power to connect to God, to, to, to connect to, to your roots, to do what's right. And when you do it, you're actually getting connected to God. So you're not being separated to be an idol. To become something separated, something, on, 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 you know, an entity on your own. When a, Jew, when a Jew is doing a mitzvah, a Jew is connecting themselves to God to the extent that all of a sudden you are becoming part of something much greater than yourself. And therefore, meaning what the result is going to be, the end on Nafshuelikis Vachiyunis. So then you will see, you will experience how your soul 
your godly soul. And even your energy, which comes from the animal soul. And in their garments, they are all connected. They are all unified. They are all, they're all united with God's will, and God's infinite light. And this is what's happening when we're doing a mitzvah. When we do a mitzvah, practically speaking, when we take the tefillin out in the morning and we put it on our arm, put it and put it on our head, or when we when 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 we light Shabbat candles, when we give charity, when when we eat kosher, whatever it is that we're doing, literally we have godly light on us. Meaning, we have we our neshama is connected to do, doing 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 the reason why we are here, connecting to connected to God. In a very developed way, because here this is what God wants you to do, and you do it. God put you in your in this world to do something specific, to do this and to do that and to do that, which is six hundred thirteen mitzvahs or more, two hundred forty-eight positive mitzvahs. And guess what? You are actually doing it. And when you do it, you are connected. And now here it comes. One of the most famous phrases in the in Tanya, which the Rebbe would 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 uh, quote very very often, which gives us a little light and more excitement about doing one mitzvah. And the Rebbe said, and the Rebbe said here, Now, this union, the union that you experienced by doing a mitzvah. This union is eternal, lemailo in the upper world, meaning up there. And this union it's eternal forever and ever. Meaning, when we are doing one mitzvah, that we think, who cares? It's just one mitzvah. I did it for two minutes. You know what? The union. That you experiences with that you experience with God. Did you think after two minutes is over? It's eternal forever and ever. And it will always be there with you and for you and with Hashem. Because when I do when I do doing a mitzvah, it's not just technical act. This is literally a union which happens between you and God. And this since we're talking about in God, we're talking about godly uh, um, things, it's not being limited with time. Let's see it inside. Because God Himself, and His will, they are obviously beyond time. When we talk about time, when we say, "I did this mitzvah, it took me just two minutes." For two minutes, I was connected in there, and that's it. For an hour, I was connected, and that's it. For a good hour, we talk the time terms. It's only in our lexicon. Our lexicon is made out of time. You have one hour, two hours. Every hour made is made out of sixty minutes, which every minute is sixty seconds, etc. So then you divide it. How much time did I dedicate from my day 
to be connected. Was it 120 seconds? Was it 180 seconds? Was it an hour, a whole hour? But all these terms is only in our limited world. But guess what? In God's eyes, in God's view, there's no time. It's beyond time. Every time that we do a mitzvah, it stays with God forever. This is the unity that you had. A unity that, that, that the Jew experiences, and it's still there with God. A Jew is connected. I put on the tefillin in the morning. I am connected to God forever and ever with this tefillin. I will do another mitzvah. I will be connected even more in a different, in a different way, and in a different way, in a different way. And all this is not going anywhere. This is staying with you. And also, the revelation of God's will, which is being revealed in God's speech. What's God's speech? The Torah that we're learning. We said we, we learn, we're learning God's words, God's wisdom. When we are learning, it, we're learning something in the Torah. We experience a union with God's will, with God's wisdom, a union which will be eternal. That's it. This is with you. As we see in the verse, the verse is saying, The speech of God is going to be staying, it's going to be um, existing forever. Another verse, God's God's speech is alive and exists forever. It never changes. It never goes away. This is a unity which, which, which literally stays forever. Now, when we understand that, we, we sing for ourselves. Okay, so one second. Let's go back to the argument. Because the argument, you're, you're lying in bed in the morning. You don't have, you don't have the energy. You don't have the energy to get up, to get up because there's a Torah class that you want to attend, to get up because you you have to go and 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 and, and dive in, you have to go and put on children, or in the middle of the day, you're in the middle of doing something, you're not in the mood of stopping it in order to learn Torah, you're not in the mood of stopping it to perform a mitzvah. And the Yitzhak oh, is coming and telling you, it's not only that you're not in the mood, you're tired, you have headache. You're not capable of, 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 of getting up now and do it. You're not capable of writing, of writing a check to Charlie right now. Here said of the Rebbe, besides for the notion that, well, I'm ready to risk my life, so definitely I'm, I'm, re I'm ready to get, to get out of bed. But why to get out of bed? What am I going to gain here? What is going to happen? You know what's going to happen? Going, you're going to gain something which is eternal. You're going to gain uh, a fulfilling of your mission, a connected, a connection to who you are and to, and to Hashem. Something which is never going to go away. You are doing it for you. It's going to be in just two minutes. For God, it's going to be eternal. Now, this is Something worthwhile to do. 
this is something which is just giving us a little perspective of what we're doing. Because again, in God's world, so to speak, there's no time. So all the, the, the divisions that we make, oh, this is a big mitzvah, this is a small mitzvah, this takes up more time, this takes up less time. All this is in our terms, in our lexicon. It's non-existent in, in God's world. In God's world, every little mitzvah is important. Every little act that we're doing of connection is valuable and more important is eternal. When it's eternal, it's valuable forever. Now, you know, the Rebbe used to call this a lot. And that was the base of of the Rebbe's uh, the Rebbe campaign, are you, are you probably familiar with the, the, the mitzvah campaigns? The Rebbe wanted the, the, the Jews should go out on the street and offer, o- offer other people to put on tefillin and to light Shabbat candles and all the other mitzvahs that the Rebbe, the Rebbe encourages people to, to add in. And many people came and many people uh, came and complained and asked the Rebbe, what's the What's the big deal? So a Jew is going to put on tefillin. What's going to happen? They don't know what the tefillin is. It's not going to change the way they are behaving. Right after the tefillin, you know what, what they're going to do? Who knows? So what's going to be? They're going to put on tefillin for two minutes. Is that really what, what, what's so important? Is it so was, important to, 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 to ask um, people? I was going to ask you see? about that, Rabbi, because because it seems like that, that was going to be my point is that even if that little mitzvah is eternal, right, they're going to go back and they're going to they're going to do things that are, you know, not okay, so good. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it in a second. So so people so people came in and, and, and said that and told the Rebbe, look, you are asking your people to dedicate their lives, to go out, not to live in a Jewish community, to risk, so to speak their life for the other people to do or to do mitzvahs. Are you serious? Why? You're not you're not necessarily going to change the way they behave. They're just going to do one mitzvah. What's the what's the value of one mitzvah? Said the Rebbe, you're missing the point. We're not only talking about changing someone's behavior. This is not what we're here for. Obviously if, when someone is changing their behavior, they are doing more mitzvahs, which is wonderful. They have more opportunities for connection and they are fulfilling it. But never underestimate one mitzvah that a Jew does. Even if after that they're going out for me to do something else, which we hope they don't. But even if they do, this does not take away from the unity, from the union that that happened when a Jew did a mitzvah. Every single mitzvah that a Jew does, every single mitzvah that we do, creates something, creates a union between you and God, which is going to be eternal. So we can't say, oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's only two minutes and, 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 and really the person doesn't know what they're doing and, and, and after they're going to do other things. One second. Later, they're going to do other things. But now, what are they doing now? Now they're doing something good. 
And this something good is not only available for the next two minutes while they do it. It's available forever and ever because it's eternal. This is something that that that, that we uh, a lot of time forget because we 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 we're not we're not talking these terms. But if we remember on what term we do talk about, we talk about God, talking about connection with God. God is not limited with time. Not part of God's lexicon. We're looking at mitzvahs in a different light. It's a whole different ballgame. Gives us meaning for every little mitzvah that we're doing throughout our days. And definitely give us motivation to get out of bed for this awesome thing that we could create. Right? Any any questions or you know, the, the first time I ever kept Shabbat, I'd uh, I'd heard that if every Jew just kept Shabbat twice, you know, twice in a row, Mashiach would come. I thought, hmm, I could do that. I could do I could do two Shabbats. Right. I'm still waiting, but it? you know, how was it? <laughs> I was. It was a it was a slippery slope. <laughs> That's exactly. Now here, after the that first that week, uh, after the first week, I found out I did some things wrong, and I was like, "Oh shoot, I didn't know about that law." Okay, I'll do. I'll start over. Same thing next week, and on and on. Exactly. No, still, still learning this things. Is, this is the nature of mitzvahs, and this is actually what the Rebbe added. That he said in in in, in the Mishnah, in, in Pirkei Avos, the ethics of the fathers said, "Mitzvah geireres mitzvah." One mitzvah leads to another mitzvah. Why? Because it can come from our soul. When the soul experiences a real connection with God, we just described, the soul is looking for another opportunity like this. And the soul will was the soul will not be satisfied until the soul will be experiencing the same experience. So this is something that we have to remember, we have to understand. But oh, but 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 at the end of the day, when we're saying that one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah, this is already a side effect. It's already a side effect. What is the actual thing which happens when doing a mitzvah? A connection with God which never goes away. It's eternal. It's going to be with you. It's going to be for you. It's going to be with Hashem, in front of Hashem, forever and ever. But what don't we want, don't we want, like, you know, abundance of mitzvahs like is the goal getting somebody to just do a mitzvah and have that little lasting connection then they're gonna go and do bad things for the rest of their life or is it hey i want to make you you know you should do a mitzvah but then you should be grounded in following the torah for the rest of your life you know like is what's the goal you know what's the, what's the goal, the goal is obviously the goal is for more and more mitzvahs to be performed Obviously, right. once we understand the value of one mitzvah, we could just we could just understand what the value of living a life which is full with these opportunities. Definitely, definitely, that should be the goal. But God forbid not to underestimate one opportunity that a Jew fulfilled, or even if the whole life before and the whole life after was full with things which seem to be opposite to the way a Jew should behave but never underestimate what happened in those two minutes 
Not to yeah, say, it, even if they didn't live to, a good and, life, and God forbid, not to justify what they do after. Obviously not. That's yeah, because I mean, even if they didn't live, doesn't, doesn't say, they didn't live a good life. Second. What? Said so even if they didn't live live a good life, or maybe they, you know, let's not even say a good life because I'm placed that would mean me placing judgment. What if there might, there's a lot of Jews who didn't even grow up knowing anything about Judaism, and then maybe like they just had their first uh, experience, you know, doing one mitzvah. So in that, in that essence, they could have lived whatever life, but in that moment, they did something super godly. They had that. Yes. That and, 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 and two things here, they did something and they made a connection between them and God, which a is valuable on its own. That's it. Because it's, in, it's it, because it's eternal. It's valuable on its own, regardless of what is going to happen in the future. B, it's a great beginning for the future because, as I said, one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah. So you got to start somewhere. But here, what, what the, the emphasis that we put here in this, in this, in this section of Tanya is to, to understand the value of one mitzvah, of one opportunity of connection, which is eternal and never goes anywhere. Is this like being stored up in Olam Haba? Like, I don't understand like the, I understand we're forming a connection that time is kind of like a, a construct that we're in. Like, in, in what way is this? Okay, because I don't, I don't know in which way this is eternal and being stored up, so to speak. Because I know there's a lot of literature that talks about our mitzvahs being stored up and, and, and useful or whatever, but. So obviously, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about rewards and the world to come. And obviously we know that in the world to come, we are going to enjoy the reward that happens um, from, from what we're doing today. You know, I, 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 I've seen a, a interesting, um, interesting medrash about Jacob, our father, Yaakov Avinu said that Yaakov, in, in the in the parsha of Vayishlach, it said, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim. Jacob sent messengers to Esau, his brother, to tell him that he's ready and he wants to meet him, right? Rashi on the spot is saying, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim. Yaakov sent messengers, said Rashi, Malachim Mamash. The only Rashi yeah. I know by heart. You do it. Ah, amazing. <laughs> Eternal. <laughs> We're talking about eternity, Lord. right? So this Rashi is with you, with you eternally. What Rashi is saying, Malachim Amash. Literally Malachim, literally angels, not only messengers, but angels. Where did Jacob have the angels from? We don't have access to angels. How can he send angels? <laughs> can you send angels? Do we know any, any angels? We could call them, you know, Send, send, send them a message. Can you please come help me out here? Said, so, so this, I don't remember where I saw it, but the, this um, Pelosh is saying that Yankov used his own angels because each and every one of us, when we are doing positive things, when we are doing mitzvahs, we create positive angels. Every time we do a mitzvah, we create an angel. 
And this angel is there for us when 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 we need him. Yaakov was able. Yaakov knew knew their phone number. He was able to to draw them down down here and actually use them in time of help. But this is something which is staying for with us. Perhaps when a person comes to the world to come, you know they have they have the reward and everything. But again, we're not we're not talking so much about reward in the world to come. First of all, it's to know that you are fulfilling your mission. How do you get their phone number though? I know. I'm saying maybe up there they're giving you a, a, a phone book of 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 all the of all your angels. Um, but really, we're talking here about Jew experiencing fulfilling fulfillment, fulfillment. A unity which happens when we are doing what we have to do, all of a sudden we come to peace with ourselves because we are connected. We are connected with God. That's it. This is already, you know, it says in the same in the same place we talked about we talked about one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah. It said, What is the reward of a mitzvah? Schar mitzvah, mitzvah. What the reward of the mitzvah when we do a mitzvah? What the reward? We don't get a check after. We can't go to, to the grocery with that. You know what the reward of the mitzvah? The mitzvah itself. Obviously, you're going to get reward later in the world to come and everything. You're going to enjoy life. 100%. But something here that you get from doing a mitzvah is the connection. Mitzvah is connection. What is the word mitzvah? The word mitzvah comes from the Hebrew word sabto. Savto means connection, being together with somebody. When we are doing a mitzvah, we are with God. We are, we are connected with God. There is nothing more satisfying for a Jew than to be at peace with who they are and connected to their selves, which is God. Because at the end of the day, we are coming from God. Now, um, the pro now the problem is that this is only in the lexicon of God. This eternity that we're talking about is not happening here because here we are talking in terms of two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, right? We are measuring mitzvahs by the by the time or the effort they're taking. Let's see, that's what Alter Rebbe is saying now. Down here in our world, this is under time, meaning we are limited, we are controlled by time. And here we experience this connection only in the time when we actually do it. Meaning, usually I'm not coming and I, I will not, I will not, you know, walk up to you in the middle of the day and ask you, no, you, do you feel connected with your tefillin? I say, tefillin, I forgot about it. I put them on. Because here we are, um, subjugated to time. And the, and the consequence of this is, and what could, what could happen afterwards. After we did the mitzvah, and now we're going to do something else, 
and the something else could be something which is not as godly. That could separate us from 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 the from the from the from the union. Now we not no longer in a in, in a constant connection. But one second, let's think about it. Even if after we're not as connected, or let's imagine this Jew is putting on the phone, but after doing whatever whatever it is that they're going to do, it does not take away from the two minutes that you did put on the film. Does not take away from the connection from the union, which happens when you did, when you were connected to God. So therefore, even something that we don't even remember, you ask a Jew, a Jew never never heard about anything, and he remember he doesn't even, doesn't even remember that 15 years ago he was approached by a Lubavitcher in in in, in Manhattan to put on the film. He doesn't even remember. But guess what? He did put on the filling, and God remembers it because there was an experience of connection between one soul and its creator and its maker. That connection is forever. Which makes more the sadness if, 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 if there's no continuation to this connection if more opportunities like that and like this are not being fulfilled, just makes it more sad. But not to take away from the experience that they did experience, the unity that they do, they 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 were experiencing at the time of of putting on the film. Now, although I, I said before I wanted to to finish the, the chapter today, I don't think we'll be able to finish it today. And I will have to go in the next few minutes. So I think we'll have to um, stop here. And I would I would like now to dedicate another few minutes to hear what you have to say about this. What do you think? What, you know, questions and comments. And then next week, Monday, we are going to continue where we're holding now, concluding chapter 25, making a sum up of the whole um, of everything that we have, that we have learning, and with that, we're basically going to be finishing section one of the book of of of, of the book of Tanya, starting after chapter twenty six, starting a whole new topic. We're going to go into the realm of joy, but we'll, we'll leave it for later. So, again, I'm opening the floor now for any questions and comments. If you have. I'm just curious, Rabbi. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what what we're saying today is something that I agree with. I mean, I always I always mesh well with uh, the Rebbe and his philosophy and, and and his approach to Yiddishkeit. What I'm what I'm curious about though is like, why does it seem like uh, you know? I obviously don't know everyone, every single Orthodox Jew's philosophy and personal take something. Why does it seem that other uh, branches of Orthodox Judaism are not? Uh, trying to encourage the same behavior and maybe in the, in the same, in the same way of the mitzvah campaign and uh, getting people to do tefillin or tzedakah or just one small mitzvah. If that, if that connection is so precious, so eternal, shouldn't it be something that like people are trying to nurture, trying to encourage? So 20 years ago or 50 years ago, I would have the same question that you have. Why? But this is this is what God wants from us. Why not? Baruch Hashem, 
thank God in the last in the last uh, um, in the last few years we see that other sections in the in in the Orthodox uh, um, world took it also. And and you see today that not only not only uh, um, Chabad people are out, you know, putting on the film to other people. I personally saw, you know, people, you know, different uh, um, followers of different Hasidic uh, groups are going also in, on offering to fill in, and all the whole, um, you know, Kirov movement, what they what, what they call it, you know, kind of trying to attract people, trying to make to make Torah and mitzvahs relevant and and and, and attractive for for other people. Baruch Hashem, thank God, today is not only the work of Chabad. Still, Chabad, Chabad is the, the you know the largest uh, movement all over the world uh, doing this this kind of out out of each work work. But Hashem, this is not this is not, no longer something which is exclusively done by Chabad. This is something which 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 everyone is doing it because this is something important. And we today we see this important the importance of it more than ever. Is it is it just though like what was it Chabad's philosophy? Because I'm not sure about the history of like the idea. Because I, I like for a long time, it had just seemed to me that Judaism was you're in or you're out kind of deal. I mean, you'll always be a Jew, but like you're you're practicing, or you're not practicing. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately that was the, the attitude um, in the last few hundred years. But you see, this is an, an idea that the Rabbi is, is is introducing to us here. This was written around 250 years ago. And the Rebbe took, took it to a very practical place. Why, especially the Rebbe, that's probably for a different time uh, to explain why and how and, and explain the context of, of the mitzvah campaigns. Um, but the Rebbe was the one to take it practically and bring it out, out to the world and to make sure that every Jew is doing as many mitzvahs as we can get them to do. Okay. Yeah. But it's all based on this idea Understanding the unity, understanding what happens in a time of a mitzvah—that very black and white view of like you're either in or out, like you're either orthodox or you're just totally secular. That's a, I in my experience, that seems to be a very Ashkenazi European kind of thing. Like you don't in the Sephardic world, that's they don't have that same kind of view, and you, uh, it's just a weird cultural thing. I think comes historically from Haskalah. Uh, well, it's it's interesting what you're saying. We do see historically, it started because, you know, the, the you know, European Jews were more afraid of, like you said, Haskalah, the Enlightenment movements. They were afraid of more things, um, you know, around them, and therefore they had to keep their communities more closed. I mean, they had to do stuff much more black and white. The Sardim did not experience him the same idea, and therefore they were more open um that could maybe in the historical um you know for the for 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 history's sake but today i think even the ashkenazim everyone agrees everyone understands the value of one mitzvah and but god willing we will see that that everyone is doing it and, and everyone will do as many mitzvahs as we can that will definitely bring moshiach closer amen I hope I hope that Mashiach comes today. Amen. Yes. Okay. So with that, we will conclude okay, today. Uh, hopefully, uh, next week I'll be back in the warmer place. 
<laughs> okay. oh, we, we accept Not you from where you are. 